Hey, study buddies, before we kick off our discussion of episode 18 of season three, Earshot, I just want to let you know that the following session uh, does touch on several sensitive issues that um, people might have specific opinions of. Uh, we do talk about violence, uh, mental illness, depression, the following, uh, as well as a few others. So just want to give you a heads up if that's something you feel like you're not into right now. Feel free to just put this on pause and uh, come back to it later. Or if this doesn't sound like your cup of tea, it's Totally fine for you to skip the session. We also, don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. we would like to express that our opinions are our own, and we are not trying to tell anyone what to do. And feel free to disagree with anything we said or agree with anything we said, and to have further conversation with us on the internet about it. I agree. Okay, great. Let's get started. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode, guys. It's going to be a blast. Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for attorney Scoobies and Buffy Newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. Today we will be talking about episode 18 of season 3, Earshot. Man, we have a lot to discuss, so let's just hop right into it. All right. Hey, welcome, first of all, welcome back, Holland. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry that I missed out uh, on the extra credit. I was... I don't. I don't know. I was like stressed out. You don't out. have to say. I went, but I did go. <laughs> no, actually, it turned out. It turned out great because I went to the New Bev to go see a double feature of um, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, and uh, what is it? The Desperate Hour, Mickey Rourke '90s thriller with Mimi a... Rogers. Um, so I go to see Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, right? Because like. Uh, New Bev was showing it. They were like really talking it up. Edgar Wright had been talking it mm-hmm. up. Tweet that I saw it. Edgar Wright, who must have just been scrolling through tweets about the movie, retweets my tweet Ooh. and then tweets at me. So what did he I say? was like, he was just like, someone had said something about a double feature with that movie in Hell or High Water. And then he had like responded. I guess he responded technically to the other person, but I was still in the chain. Um, so that was cool. That's amazing. Great. Great. Got Way to go. By Edgar Wright. So it was totally worth skipping out. Great. Oh, yeah, we guess. just gave a tour of uh, Sunnydale. Yeah. We, we looked over the it's map. It's a really good... Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that movie, though? Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? No. Not it's yet. like a 1970s like buddy uh, outlaw comedy with Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges, like Great. baby Jeff Bridges. Oh, nice. It's so good. I got to check Thunderbolt it out. and Lightfoot? Yeah. I love it's it. It's so good. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Who, directed, who wrote, directed that? <laughs> it's the director that they're celebrating at the New Bev. Let me oh. look it up. Oh, Michael yeah. something with Show a C. Walter. Nope. Oh, Michael something him. with a C. I'm going to look it up. Cool. And while uh, Holland's looking it up. Can we say that Edgar Wright is Michael Simono. Simino. Michael Simino. Oh, great. Nice. Michael Simino. Awesome. He did Goldfinger? Oh, wait, no. That's, that's Thunderbolt. Nope. In my he did Deer Hunter. <laughs> Deer Hunter. That's what I... Well, actually, I was I was mistaking something else, but Deer Hunter. You got there in the end. Oh, and he did Silent Running, which I love oh, Silent Running. Oh, that was great. They was were the- also showing that the new Bev, and I'm mad that I missed it. Um, it's the prequel to Cool Runnings. No, yeah. no. Silent Running, is it's uh, uh, Bruce oh, yeah. Dern. It's like Bruce Dern when he's younger. Oh, great. And this is like the only thing I've seen Bruce Dern in where he isn't like an old man. Um, Lord Dern's father. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he, uh, it's this movie about this guy who basically gets stuck on a spaceship. 
Um, and it's kind of like, it's, I would say it's similar to The Martian, but I think The Martian is like way more lighthearted than this movie is. Mm. Um, but this movie's kind of lighthearted. It's not really a thriller either. It's oh, like, really? it's like 50 50. Yeah. It's like, he's like stuck on this, um, there's other astronauts there, but then it ends up just being him. Um, and then he kind of like befriends the, the little like robots. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. And they play poker together and stuff. I love Aww. silent. I love silent running. I need to watch like everything else this director did because like silent running and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot now is also one of my favorite movies. So now I'm just like. You're gotta in go it. watch. You gotta go watch all of them. Yeah, nice. Um, Desperate Hours was okay. <laughs> well, that review just nosedived. Wow, that was. It was. It was like an interesting thriller, but it was just like a. That was fine. Great. So Holland's recommendation is check out half the double feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I stayed because it was like eight bucks. So yeah, and I got a new Bev pin. You can buy new Bev pins. Ooh, enamel or? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like pins. Nice. So, well, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Sorry yeah. for that tangent. No, 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 yeah. And speaking of Desperate Hour, uh, Omar and I shared a Desperate Hour going over the map of Sunnydale last week. Yeah, we I have a, Maybe I wouldn't describe it as desperate, but... Uh, question for you, Holland, since you missed out last week and yeah. you weren't, you weren't um, here for to answer this yourself, where would you hang out the most in Sunnydale? <laughs> the graveyard... Um, okay, you only get one answer. No, so. probably, yeah, probably, no, probably the bronze. I take it. No, I can see it. The bronze, honestly, the bronze with like the '90s bands. Yeah, at the bronze. Yeah, okay. that's what I listen to. Yeah, we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't. I'll be at this at the Sun Cinema. Yeah, you were at the Sun Cinema, like getting coffee next door. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, but every now and then we can meet up on Kingman's Bluff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Kingman's Bluff. Give a lot of love to Kingman's. And Twitter Bluff. seems to really like Kingman's Bluff oh, as I well. Love it. Yeah, Kingman's yeah. Bluff is that cliff that. Angel tried to kill himself in. Mm. And speaking of killing yourself. Let's talk about the, the episode that yes. we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are on the 18th episode of season three. Uh, and this is the first Jane Espenson episode, right? That she's written? No. No, no, no. 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 She's written Which episodes. was her first episode? She wrote... We'll pull that up in a little yeah, bit. Let me tell you in a but uh, it's a Jane Espenson episode. And it is an incredible, incredible moving episode that I think talks about a lot of stuff that is uh, important to Buffy and important to us. So, sure, uh, gingerbread. Oh, okay. Was that our first? No. Keep talking. I'll keep. Flipping. Okay, that's fine. For but, those of you at home, I'm flipping through Dusted, our manual. And uh, so, she wrote Band Candy. Oh yeah, uh, Band Candy. Okay. There we go. Band Candy, Gingerbread, and now Earshot. Though I feel Earshot is her... F- Those other two are also classics, but Earshot is her this is first like legendary episode. Miss. So mm. much so that I'm going to say, uh, if you need, if you're relying on the cram session to get caught up on the episode, or you haven't seen it in a while... Put this on pause. Yes, get out. Put this on, put this on, this, uh, you know, put this on the back burner. Turn that turn that down to low. Don't even have a number for it. I want to see the low turned on the dial. Yeah. Like n- barely any gas. Check on it every so often to make sure it's not just a gas leak. But put it on the back burner and go check out the episode. Now, we're going to continue assuming that you have watched the episode or you pause the podcast and then watch the episode. Hey, welcome back. Hey, welcome <laughs> Pretty back, good listeners. episode, isn't it? Let's say that you... Nope, there's no situation in which you've missed the episode. We're still going to do a cram session out of tradition. But... It's, uh, it is a must watch. And there's our new cram session noise <laughs> that we'll only use once. <laughs> uh, followed by the anthem of Hollywood in the background there. Okay, so Chris, could you describe this episode in five easy rat killing sentences? Mm. Uh, 
I will. One, should I wait until this siren goes Hold by? Hold for siren. Hold for siren, Hold which for happened siren. date, which is a daily LA thing. Yeah, it's like an almost hourly LA thing. Yeah. But that makes sense. You have so many people. So many. Shit's always going down. Yeah. Shit's always going Hopefully down. Hopefully everybody's okay. Uh, so, Buffy episode earshot. Buffy, when fighting a mouthless demon, kills it and gets its blood that seeps into her skin and starts to give her this funny little scratching thing on her hand and she's unable to focus on the lack of information that they have when... Uh, in concerning the ascension and the mayor's upcoming ritual that Angel went undercover by making believe that he was Angelus and into faith and making out with her a whole bunch, which is driving Buffy a little crazy. One? Was that a was that a hit sentence or was it madness? Should I try it again? No, people have literally just watched it or have seen it recently enough to remember it. So don't worry. Maybe the worst one yet. All right. I'll try to save it. I would love if anyone could type that up. That was like a Donald Trump type. I love this episode. I've seen this episode a million times. It's very hot right now. We've turned off the fans. It is very warm. We're Uh, we're basically in like steam room situation right now. Uncomfortable. So all right, let's uh, let's crank through the cram session and then we might take a break to a fan break. So Buffy finds out that if you get the blood of a demon in into your skin, you gain an aspect of the demon. But was it the blood, though? Mm-hmm. It was... That blue blood. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't... Oh, oh, yeah, it touched your skin. Okay, that explains some things for me. Sorry. It mm-hmm. was like it's like android blood. Yeah. yeah. It was like blue, like blue milk, <laughs> bantha milk, android blood. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Exactly, which is the name of your new book, right? <laughs> bantha, bantha milk, android, android blood. blood. No, that has to be my band. Well, that's oh, a that's band. a good band. Playing at the bronze? Yeah. Panther Milk, Android Blood. Can I be in the band? Yeah. Yes. I can be guitar. You can sing. Okay. Wait, why are you deciding? It's her band. <laughs> I know. He just forced himself. Guys, I'm managing the he band. He forced himself into right, my I'm band. I'm the front singer. You then... can play tambourine. Oh, okay. Okay, 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 it's no longer your band. You can watch us, though. I'm out of the band? <sighs> no, I thought I was just being you in like two oh, seconds. Oh, okay. Or you would kick me out, in the ba- out of the band that I created. Oh, never. Okay. No, no, no. Now no, you no. say that, but wait till <laughs> record deals come through for what was it? Bantha Blood? Bantha it- Milk Android Blood. <laughs> Bantha Milk Android Blood? I'll put it in writing. And we'll sign it in our own. Why is blood. he putting it in writing? <laughs> I'm the manager. The manager this is of the band. An escalating band situation at the very least. God damn All it. right, let's. <laughs> two. Sentence two. Fresh from the beginning. No, you don't get to start over. You already got your sentence. No, I didn't. It was interrupted by all it's the Bantha stuff. I'm counting it. That's oh, two. Okay. <laughs> Buffy is able to read minds, and suddenly every student's thought is creeping into her head, and at first it's very interesting, and she wants to use it to see if Angel is actually super into the makeout sessions he had with Faith when faking it, but Angel, as a vampire he is, is not able to project thought, and everything is fun and games reading minds until Buffy hears someone in the lunchroom say, tomorrow, this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you all, which gets the Scoobies on a hunt to figure out whose mind was it that was saying that they were going to take people out in the school. Three. Buffy is unable to help because her mind is so flooded with everybody's thoughts that she is bedridden and cannot help at all. And the only way to save her is by taking the heart of that demon and feeding it back to her. And Angel is on the case with that while the gang is interviewing all possible suspects that might be the person that is going to be the killer at Sunnydale High. Four. No? Right? Four. Four. 
They find a note from Jonathan, which indicates that he might be the killer. So Buffy is hot on the case after Angel cures her, and she runs into the clock tower where Jonathan is assembling a rifle, but actually to kill himself and not the students. And Xander, while on his mission, discovers that the lunch lady is poisoning the Milligan stew, and Buffy knocks the lunch lady out, and they save the day because the true killer was the lunch lady. Five. Great job. I kind of sort of described it in the you last few sentences. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. This is one of my favorite episodes of Buffy. Yeah. It's a really good episode. You know, it was initially pulled. This was the episode that yeah, didn't this air is, on the I WB. Didn't know that. It was because of Columbine. Because mm. I remember you mentioned that like a while ago. Like mm-hmm. you were like, oh, there's an episode coming up that like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, it has to be this one. Yeah. It was because it was 1999. Uh-huh. Yeah. Columbine went down. I know I was in sixth grade at the time. I remember I found out in Ms. Bobo Karen's class. Um, and it was so intense because I think that the reason that they pulled it was not just because it was using school shootings as a sub- as subject matter, uh-huh. but there's that line Xander says, which is like whenever there's bits that are brought up about it, where Xander's like, well, who hasn't casually thought about taking out the whole place with a semi-automatic? Yeah. And then there's the line where Oz repeats where it's like, he says, like, it's bordering on trendy at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but this was pre-Columbine that they wrote all this. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So it wasn't like Jane Spenson was like, oh, I'm doing a Columbine episode. Yeah. No. It was like they'd already crazy. made it. Columbine happens, which was like the first major worst school shooting at the time. And now here we are almost 20 years later. And, you know, I mean, I used to work at ABC News as a news feed operator. I mean, school shootings happen on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. They just don't even really make the news anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Amy Dallin was telling me that she was at the event. I think it was Comic-Con. We'll have to ask her whenever we have her on. But she said she was at the event where they first screened Earshot. Earshot was originally first screened to a crowd of Buffy fans who didn't get to see the episode because it was pulled from the WV. That's incredible. Yeah. And Amy was there. She was. Wow. Good job, Amy. That's really cool. We have to have her. We keep trying to get her on, but her schedule is so crazy. Mm. I also need to email her back about something. Whoops. Do you want to do a self-memo right now? Yeah. Because you'll listen No, it's, it's more I have to email Rick. But I got... Rick and Morty? self-memo. Yeah. A self-memo. Note to self. Email Rick. Nice. Do it. Great. Nice. If you've listening to this back and you haven't emailed him yet. Remind me to email Rick. Everyone. Everybody, everybody out there who is compelled to do so, tweet at Holland to email Rick. <laughs> hashtag email Rick. Yeah. Oh God. Or should we just keep Miles' hashtag going? <laughs> Miles the tour guide. Hashtag Miles the tour guide. Uh, yeah. What? I mean, where were you guys? Do you remember where you were when you found out about the Columbine shooting? Okay, so this is going to be crazy because I don't remember... Finding out about Columbine. Like, I think I was too young. Years old. No. Well, I was, honestly, I was probably like six or seven. Uh Uh-huh. So, I don't remember. The first major, like, event happening that I remember my parents telling me about was Mm 9-11. And this was two years before that. And I don't think, I like, I didn't know what Columbine was until I watched Bowling for Columbine. Uh Oh. Because I had, like, it did not, like, I never really knew about it. Which sounds crazy. But it, like... That is crazy. I think I was... I was... It wasn't talked about in school until we were older. My parents never told me about it. Like, I think I was just too young, or my parents just didn't feel like I needed to know about it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I I, I mean, I... 
I remember Columbine, but I don't remember where I was. It wasn't like a September 11th situation. I remember right. the, the exact morning and all the events of that day. Yeah. Uh, I don't really recall finding out about Columbine. What I remember most yeah. was the aftermath and like all the Marilyn Manson, essentially like the witch hunt that happens after like everything. Oh, yeah. Like, what is this? And, uh, which is nuts looking back on this. Like, there's uh, other aspects of the episode that I want to focus on. Also, because, like, like, I have a weird history with, like, gun violence. I don't know if I've ever... Like, my dad was, like, shot at when I was, like, what? younger. There's just, like, a drive-by that happened while he was, like, walking the dog. He was, oh he's God. fine. Thank God. Uh, but then also in middle school, like, someone brought a gun to school one time. And, like, I just didn't. I was like, oh, okay. And I was, like, playing Goldeneye at the time or whatever. Much to my mom's chagrin. Um... And it was a thing where I was like, okay, that's pretty crazy. But, like, you know, uh, it didn't feel too weird to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, and and also there was the uh, school shooting at UCSB. Mm. Right. A few years ago, which I um, was not a part of, but it, you know, definitely hit way too close to home. Yeah, that was your community. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's all that up front about, <laughs> about mm. my experience with it. But I remember more so... The afterwards, everyone looking for reasons, and now watching this episode and looking back, it's like, it's not, you don't really need to point to other stuff. Like, it's yeah. like this, like, we have so many case studies now that you can sort of fit. Now, I, I hesitate to say, like, a personality or something. Yeah. Because um, I think that that's trying to, again, narrativize the whole thing. But the arguments and disgruntled nature, it's sort of a more thing of just like, it's not everyone who plays video games or it's not everyone who listens to Marilyn Manson. In fact, it's usually not people who listen to Marilyn Manson. I listen to a lot of Marilyn Manson and I do not like guns. Yeah. As I wear She's a Marilyn, Marilyn, Marilyn Manson shirt. Right now. Did you do it on purpose? No. I just, I was thinking about it. I was actually thinking about Marilyn Manson last night and then I watched this episode this morning. And I, because uh, last night I tweeted about this, but I was looking for. It's hard to get, like, old Marilyn Manson tour shirts. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, looking on eBay for them, and they're all, like, hundreds of dollars. Whoa. Um, So so I might still buy one, because this is the only one I have is this one. (laughs) You should sell it and buy more. Because this is, well, no, because this is an eat me, drink me one. So this is, like, I bought this at Hot Topic when I was in high school. But, like, that's how. goes for a lot now. I'm too young. I could. No, it's way less than all the cool ones. Yeah, and you know what? De Hoffman bless Holland for buying the shirts for $100. Uh, If anybody's interested, I have some vintage Grateful Dead uh, tour posters from (laughs) No, you're trying to sell stuff. Um, Don't sell dad. stuff on the podcast. Oh, sorry. You looped in <laughs> a blessing to sell your own stuff. <laughs> Tweet me, Adam Antioch. I'll sell you <laughs> Grateful Dead posters. <laughs> Don't tell Holland and Omar. Oh, wait, they're looking at me right now. <laughs> and we can hear it. Oh, we And we'll hear, hear it back. Oh. You're whispering into but the microphone. There's, <laughs> there's seriously one guy on eBay that I kind of want to know what happened because he's selling, like, all of his Marilyn Manson merchandise. Like, action figures, T-shirts, like, masks. Lunch, like, there's one dude, because you can tell because it's the same background for mm-hmm. everything. I feel like one dude, either, like, Marilyn Manson did him wrong, or he's, like, trying to, he's like, oh, this was a phase I had, and now I have, like, a big family with five children and a white picket fence. Like, I don't know what happened yeah. to this guy. But he's getting but he's rid of, getting all, rid of Marilyn. all of his, he had, like, signed stuff, too. Like, he's just, like, done with it. He's getting rid of all of it, and he's selling it for a lot a of money. Guess. I can make a guess. He's probably making a lot of money off of it, though. Yeah? It could be that it's tough times and he's got all this Maryland stuff. Sure. I think he bought a lot of shirts and stuff for himself (laughs) that he thought he was going to grow into. But as luck would have it, he didn't. He stayed he small. He stayed exactly. He stayed I've done that small. Too. Well, this, I mean, I cut this shirt. It was like a reverse Robin Williams me. Jack situation. Exactly. Yeah. It was a stagnant Jack situation. <laughs> it's like Benjamin Button, but no aging. <laughs> Just one age. 
Uh, but I, um, the thing I remember the most is the gingerbread-esque aftermath of everyone oh, looking yeah. for reasons yeah. and going through that. And it wa- it's crazy to see this all in the context of one season where I remember all the parents panicking and just being like, what is it? Yeah. And then becoming furious. And it was like, maybe it's um, maybe it's theory and anger and fear and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's something that we should talk about mm-hmm. instead of, oh, no, it's going to be punk music. You want to blame Blink-182? Okay. But well, it was mostly but Maryland and, I mean... South Park, you, too, right? South Park. If you listen to the Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem... Yeah, it, which it, I listen to that, too. Yeah, there's so much yeah. Columbine talk on that album. And, like, the way I am, he's like... Eminem is based... He, he attacks parents a lot in that album. Yeah. Because he's... I mean... You listen to that album and the things he says, like there's even lyrics that are blanked out on it because they are, maybe I shouldn't say them here because they're just so insensitive and awful, but that they even censored him on that album. And then actually he did this thing on Marshall Matters LP2 where he said the same thing and he said, let's see if I can say it now that I'm not as popular as I was. And he is able to say it on it. Whoa. And so, but it was interesting because there's so much commentary on that about blaming uh, violent imagery and popular music yeah. on the psyche of people who well, would take to... It's it's great killer. now, because, like, I don't think it's... Not that it's changed any, but I feel like now there have been a lot of articles and, like, studies that have come out that are, like, actually, people who listen to angry music are a lot calmer because, like, they take their angry feelings, listen to angry music, and then, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like, that's... That out. Yeah, so, like, I mean... I which can see is, that. Yeah. Yeah, like punk or metal or some of the more violent versions of hip hop. I mean, an artist who I listen to is incredibly vicious is Immortal Technique. And usually people think of this one awful song that he did that I won't bring up. But a lot of his later stuff, it's all just political, but it's mm. so vicious. But it's all about the yeah. system. And my Here's my issue with that sort of mentality and thought process when people are trying to come to like a solution with violent acts. Because uh, I am all for doing everything we can to end that. Absolutely. Because I don't, it's n- it's not a natural response. And, like, I understand that people will bring up, like, well, what about, like, psychopaths? And there's, like, a certain cognitive behavior. It's like, okay, yeah, but that's not the same rate as mm-hmm. these things happening. And also, if it's region-specific, that's a pretty good indicator of something crazy going on. Yeah. Um, but it's the, oh, wow, I was following. Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. when people point a finger at something they don't associate with. I always have a problem when people don't ask themselves first, what am I doing that I can change? Yeah. And acting from that perspective outwards, which I think is healthier and gives you more agency. Um, but I've noticed it was, it's not like, oh, people who read, Sha- maybe it's because people read Shakespeare and they read Titus Andronicus and that's really violent and that's where they get these violent ideas from because then people would have to admit, well, I do that. And then maybe I'm violent. It's more of what's something I don't associate with. Mm-hmm. And it could be, in the instance of this, it was like parents and uh, Marilyn Manson, but it, it, it stretches all over the place. Like all the like the satanic panics that happen all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. There's also like lots of times that like religious groups will be persecuted. Like if you look at, you know, 1940s, 1930s Germany, late 1930s, <laughs> mostly 1940s Germany. Yeah. Where they'll just... Or 2016 America. Or 20... (laughs) Right. That's a really good point, though. Like, uh, just choosing a group that you don't associate with or something that you don't associate Mm -hmm. with and blaming that is just... Mm -hmm. It's inefficient, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, which is the worst part for me. I wonder if there's anything to off of that about... The beauty of this episode is the scene... There's many things that work about it, but the scene in which Buffy hears the phrase... Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm. Sh- I mean, we can find the script and find out if it's in there with that. I mean, I I'm sure I it was James' idea. Do you? Yeah. Oh, great. We should look at that part because I'm sure it's a directing thing as well. It was directed by Regis Kimball. But that scene where Buffy is next to Jonathan at the mashed potato line, it's so she's next to Jonathan, the person who... The, the three suspected killers are floated in front of us in that scene. There's the actual... Or the, the non-suspected, but the actual killer, the lunch lady, who's mm-hmm. behind it. There, uh, who I actually met. <laughs> the lady who plays the lunch lady was on a Two Broke Girls episode, and I was back around that day. Yeah. And oh, she, yeah. And she didn't seem like... I was like, oh, my God, do you think I should approach her? And I asked the second AD. I was like, would that be weird? And they're like, no, 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 I know her. She would adore if you said Aww. that. And I was like, hey, were you on Buffy? And she was like, yes. <laughs> I'll post the picture on Instagram. It's uh-huh. a picture of me and her. Um, and then you got Jonathan next to her. And then right when Buffy's heading to that center area where she drops the tray, the newspaper guy, the Sunnydale Sentinel guy, is yeah. behind her for the longest time. So yeah. kind of the scene kind of tricks you most into thinking it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I, Hitchcock-y. It wow. Is, I they, love do, yeah. they do a really good job with it because it's one of those things where, like, the fact that it was said during lunchtime and that's the first comment that Xander makes and it's like, I knew the lunch lady was, like, going to kill us. Like, with the mulligan so, stew? Yeah, yeah, so they literally do the thing where they, like, put it very obviously in front of you, but it's so obvious mm-hmm. that they can let you suspect it to other people. And then show you that it's the lunch lady, and mm-hmm. each time you're shocked, like each twist, you're like, "Oh, because like you you really think it's Freddie," yeah. And then they're like, Freddy, "Oh, it's right. not Freddie, it's Jonathan." And you're like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's definitely Jonathan. It's definitely Jonathan." And then it's not, and you're like, "Oh shit, who is it?" And you're like, "Oh, it's the lunch lady." Oh my god, that's so obvious. Oh, I really didn't think it was the lunch lady. Like it's so good. Yeah, it's written it's great. so well. And how that like emotional climax with Buffy yeah. and Jonathan, the clock tower, isn't the conclusion. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. It's and so that crazy. Xander's jello eyes ultimately <laughs> yeah. saved, saved the day. The day. Yeah. Now this is Xander a great follow up to this depot, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Because Xander comes through. Yes. Is does Xander in this so far of what we've seen does Xander redeem a lot of issues we've had with him before? Maybe not. <laughs> I think so. But is like actively does but is Xander but like a lot of issues that people say with Xander are they redeem themselves or are they redemptive or have a lot of value like his love of Jello? Absolutely. Like only Xander yeah. could have solved this case and yeah. saved the school, and that's great. Yeah. It doesn't make Xander a great guy. It yeah. just makes Xander very important. <laughs> yeah, but very moral and very brave too with what he's been through because it's like I think that's represented by the way he flips the tables when he comes out. It's like yeah. that's such an insane and forceful physical act, but that he knows. He doesn't even know if these people have the soup on their table. Yeah. Xander, like, runs out of that kitchen and just starts flipping tables You're over. Right. Being like, the soup is poison. The soup is... It's like, it's kind of a crazy moment. Yeah. But um, about you, what you were saying about, uh, before I forget this, what you were saying about um, how it's kind of, the reason people commit to, would ever hurt anyone is because they're insane. The only reason to ever physically hurt another person is because you are, if it's not to defend yourself from someone who's being crazy against you, is to be a crazy act. Especially to kill. And especially to kill, to end life, and to end life on a large scale is deranged insane. And what's interesting is the way that the lunch lady represents it is she is the purest of the insane forms. Because it's so silly in a way that the lunch lady is poisoning the stew with mm-hmm. rat poison. And then that whole moment where Buffy is talking to her and she's like, you just eat and you eat your vermin. And then Buffy says it perfectly with, I don't see this being uh, resolved with logic. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that that's almost like the thesis of mass violence is it's not resolved with logic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good and I think a frightening point. Because there is no cause. Like you were saying, everyone's looking for causes. It's like Jonathan seems like he'd be the one with the cause. The kid who's getting picked on, he wants to lash out. But that's not even what the actual dark violence is. Oh my god, that moment where he reveals that he's just going to kill himself. Yeah, it's crazy because it's such a throwaway line, but it's so intense. It's like the line just gets said. He was like, "Oh no, I was going to kill myself." It's just like a. Whatever, like this is the end of the line, but then yeah. like the impact of it hits you slightly later because you're like, oh my god, that's dark. Like yeah. that's darker than mm-hmm. like he was like, no, I was just gonna kill myself, and you're like, aha, it's not him. Oh wait, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Buffy is really oh, good yeah. at having these like lines that seem like throwaway throwaway lines, but mm-hmm. are so kind of like deep and intense. Back to back beats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. having to do that. That's yeah. tough. And the way that they plunge you into kind of seriousness and comedy, because it's like while Xander is this comedic through line in this kind of dark episode, Earshot's kind of a comedic episode, weirdly. Like, even though it's the one that was pulled from TV, it deals with mass killings in a school, it's a Jane Espenson episode, but everything leading up to it with the Buffy... um, Reading people's minds. And, oh my god, am I... I don't mean to sound wrong about this, but I feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar is just a... Like, it's just a goddess. Um, sorry. Is that what you were concerned about sounding wrong? Yes. Oh, no, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> she is just, I, wow. Anyway, um, it's funny for half the episode. Yeah. And even th- in the midst of the darkest stuff where they're trying to find someone who's going to kill everybody at the school, the Joyce, uh, the Joyce Giles sex moment happens. Yeah. The Xander Jello stuff is happening, and that the I was gonna kill myself then cuts back to Xander like boobishly like shoving yeah. Jello into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so interesting. It's yeah. a it's it does a really good job of like going back and like it's mostly comedic, but then it has I my favorite types of things are things that are kind of like funny throughout because then when they drop that like serious heavy moment, you're so not expecting it and it hits you so much harder because like if you're watching something that's supposed to be depressing or supposed to be dark, you're like, okay, well I'm anticipating this Mm -hmm. when you're not anticipating it it hits way harder. Totally. It's kind of like, it's sort of like a leaf on the wind. Yeah. Setup. It's like a very Joss thing. Yeah. It's a, a, I mean, Buffy does a good job of doing that. Jane Espenson wrote a phenomenal episode. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Wow. Can we talk about what, can we talk about Buffy's speech? Should we yeah. Talk about yeah. yeah. Earlier? I think it's right. definitely the thing that, that's my big takeaway from yeah. the episode. It's great. What, yeah. What do you guys think about Buffy's speech? I, I don't know. It's something that I think about a lot, maybe recently. Cause I, and I'm sure we all have this is I get worried because I, cause like, I know that like I'm dealing with a lot of my shit and I do it to, I mean, I adjusted it to you guys and I'll do it to like, Mina and like Bailey, like I'll just there's a helicopter. The I feel like cops, I should wait. The vulnerability cops are flying Here they overhead. Come. Whenever someone is in need of a shoulder. <laughs> oh, I think that they were arresting people for being too vulnerable. Oh, you think so? Vulnerable. Yeah, that's what I think. They're Whenever I... someone is being a little too upfront about what they're thinking, <laughs> so I'm. We will be there. Very. I can be very honest and vulnerable and open about stuff. Um, and I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I have a bad habit of going to people that I'm close friends with and just ranting about all of my shit and putting all of my shit on them. Um, and then I'll notice it. So I literally, I feel like I've had this conversation with Mina a lot recently, who has also been on the podcast. Um, hey Mina. Hi. And she listen, she's a regular she's, listener. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
um, where I'm like, oh, hey, I've. It is, it is happening. No, again, hours, yeah, hours of chaos going right now. There's like a helicopter, and there's like a dog losing its mind in the back. There's like a cop car going on. There's like dogs in my own building what? who are opening okay. doors with I know their paws. I know you're thinking, why don't you guys just go to a studio and put somewhere quiet? Here's the thing. This is a study group, and and we don't want this is not this is not a creator audience barrier. You're here with us. Yeah. These are the sounds around us. This is what we're experiencing. It's what you're experiencing. That's why we're doing it in the library. Okay, it's quiet now. Can we talk I about just, Omar's speech for a second? <laughs> well, no, it's hard because I'm like, oh, here, let me go say this vulnerable thing. Oh, all of the sirens. Paul, oh, it's like, guys, sometimes I just need my friends to... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll do this, so I'll, like, I'll rant about all of my stuff, and then I'll be like, oh, hey, I've been talking a lot about my shit, like... What do you want to talk about anything? Like, I feel like I've just sat here and ranted to you and like only cared about my problems because it's hard. Like you get so stuck in your own head and you're so focused on all of your own issues and all this stuff. And you just want to like talk to someone about it or like it's hard because it's you. So you can't tell what other people are feeling. So your problems and your issues feel the most real to you. And you have to kind of step back and think. And it's like, okay, dog. Um, But I don't know. Like maybe it's like overreacting, but it's like. No one's fucking happy. Like, we're all miserable Mm -hmm. in our own way. Like, all of us have our problems that we're, like, hiding or not necessarily talking about. Like, you have to kind of realize that Then, even if on the outside Mm -hmm. someone's life looks perfect. Life is suffering. It's not. Like, everyone is dealing with their own shit. Everyone is fucking miserable, especially out here where everything is, like, so fake and everyone pretends that everything is fine, but it's not. Um... So, yeah, it's hard because when you think about it, you're you like, mean oh, shit. Chris's apartment? Yeah, Chris's apartment. <laughs> Specifically. Everything is so fake. Everything is so fake. Like that fake strange giraffe. beard. Is poster. that really Johnny Depp as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow? That's oh, fake. no, that's, that's a, a toy. That's a fake rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Is that fake. a real frog holding up a candle? No, no it's fake. That's a fake frog. <laughs> yeah. Is that really Harry Potter? No, he's a make believe character that isn't real, everyone. This is Fake the most first world problem <laughs> rant we've ever gone on. <laughs> yeah, but I do love my. I that plant's not fake. That plant's just dead. Yeah, some of the leaves are still green. <laughs> not most of them. No, I think it's sad plants. <laughs> plant <laughs> is a more important body to be alive than the leaves. <laughs> I call it the past tense plant. <laughs> well, I do from good. now on. Uh, so, but yeah, the moment where she says, "I don't think about you at all," and then he's like, "Oh, the." pain of being athletic and beautiful is such a such a burden. I love how I love how she responds to that. Mm-hmm. I love that the, the the line of my life can sometimes suck beyond the telling of it, which is a great phrase. But the idea of we are all suffering. Like yeah. you said, it's like everybody's obsessed with their own shit. Everybody who seems happy or has a bunch of money, like Leonardo DiCaprio sitting on his castle in the hill, he's he's suffering. He's uncomfortable. He has his own insecurities and his own friendships that things are wrong with. And I I think that that speech defends kind of the idea that anyone is in a perfect mindset. The I here's the whole I this this one is so so hard for me and it's so important to me because of the Isla Vista shootings because mm-hmm. there's there was a whole manifest release don't look it up you don't need to partake in it it's essentially that concept of like pretty people are are happier and have it easier and while 
I people have been like, well, you can make the case for this one way or the other. To me, what's Im- important to remember that here's I think where you can stop it. It's not about like Marilyn Manson or like video games as much. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really like violent video games, so I'm I'm not pro violent video games. I can't game. play them. Uh, I won't play them right now. I'm playing a game on Steam where you have to get the souls of leaves that have fallen into the whirlpool so they can pass on to the next world. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. great. That and like a train simulator. I'm like, this is my jam. The most but, violent video game I partake in is Donkey Kong. And is he violently throwing barrels at little tiki men and Kremlings? Yes, but they're, they're but they took his bananas. <laughs> you know? Look, yeah, no, that's a great point. That All justifies. Right. <laughs> Donkey Kong's rampage, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, I think the core of it is not seeing people as universes upon themselves. That's where it comes from. Assuming you know everything about someone, to me, is insanity. And it, you can put a gun in someone's hand and they can act on it and it's easy to point the finger at that. Easily, I pop onto Twitter and I see it all the time, especially with the, this deplorables pride thing that's been going on Ugh, lately. Is that a thing? I didn't people know. People who are okay and fine ignoring the fact that human being, other human beings, are entire worlds of experience and struggle. Mm-hmm. That's one problem I have, and I think that that's something that if you just address, it gets it gets easier to talk about and gets a bit better. The other thing is this idea that like happiness is the greatest thing in the entire world. Whereas, as we saw from the movie Inside Out, which makes it so much easier for me to talk about this, Mm -hmm. that's just one sliver of experience. And I think that in the United States of America, especially in the Western world, definitely, uh, there, I can, which I can only speak to, I'm not from anywhere else. Um, But uh, this, it's sold that idea of like, you want to be happy. Like, if you work well, you'll be happy. And like, if you marry uh, and have a family, like, everyone should be happy. Take your vitamins to be happy. I don't, I personally don't aspire to be happy. I aspire to be alive and experience it and be okay with that. And if I suffer loss or there's something that's like wrong to not hold on to that and like push it down so I can find happiness. If I'm having a bad day, I suffer from depression. I talk about it a lot in the podcast, it's not a surprise. But if I wake up one morning and I'm like, oh, smokes, I'm depressed today. I'm feeling a lot of depression. I'm like, that's the day. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's not something where I'm like, oh, I have to hide this. This is There's something wrong with me. I'm like, it's a chemical thing. I'm going to pop down on the couch and watch Black Books. This yeah. is, the, you know, this is the next few hours for me. That's just the way it is. And I would rather experience life the way that I'm kind of going through it mm-hmm. than, like, this goal-oriented, like, got to be happy, got to go to prom, got to have a good prom date. People have to like me. It's like, just take the world as it is with its near-infinite possibilities. Yeah, I have this conversation a lot, too. Um, and obviously, this is not for everyone, and I'm not a doctor or... Um, a psychiatrist or have any sort of... Stop being modest. You're both. No, I'm not any of those things. And I have, <laughs> I have no say over what people do and don't do. But um, when I get into conversations about like uh, being on medication for different mental illness, and I totally understand that it uh, it works for some people and people it really helps some people um, and that people need to or choose to be on medication for stuff. Um, but my, my personal experience and also like this is... Uh, this is bad. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but it's like my biggest understanding and it's like, maybe I've never been on the right medication. And I know that's another thing, but, um, I had this experience where I was working with a friend who was a psychiatrist and she was trying to like help me out, um, and put me on like different medication and stuff. And, uh, oh, this is, it was more, this is so bad. It was more like self-medicating and not like professional. I shouldn't be talking about this. People are going to call me out for this. Um, 
but I was basically like trying to take stuff and trying to be on stuff. So I would feel more like happy and like better. Um, and the thing that I did realize is it was a specific medication that I was taking and the specific medication my friend gave me, which again was self-medicating, which again is wrong, which again is something you shouldn't do. And I'm not telling you to do anything and I don't know what I'm talking about. It's fine. I'm just talking about my personal experience. Um, but the main thing I noticed was it just dialed down all of my emotions. So I was like, okay, well, if I can't feel... Oh, wow. Because I've heard that about the thing with of, like, yeah. if you know me, I am just very, I get very into things. The things that I like, I really like when I'm having a good time. I'm having a really good time. I'm very loud. I'm very obnoxious or I'm quiet and I don't talk to anyone. Um, so when I do have a good time and I, when I am having fun, I like, I don't want to lose that. So it's like, I wasn't allowed to be like, I didn't have my positive emotions as much as I usually have them. Yeah. But it was like, I also didn't have my negative emotions as much as I have them, but it was weird. Cause I was in like mm-hmm. a cloud. Like it, it didn't feel like it was me. Yeah. So that was my biggest thing was I was like, I can't do this. I don't know if I can be on medication wow. for this. And maybe it's because like, maybe it's less severe or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's like, my biggest thing was I was like, I don't get to have my good emo- my good emotions are not yeah. as good. Yeah. It's like that so, Kirk speech in Wrath of Khan where he says that pain can't be taken away with a magic wand because yeah. our pain is what makes us who we are. Yeah. He says, I don't want anyone to take away my pain. I need my pain. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, I, I have a sort of, not maybe a foot. In, by the way, thank you for sharing that, Hall. Yeah. That's great. Because I've just, never been on medication for that, so I don't know what it's, I've never heard it through the eyes. So. Yeah. A doctor tried to, but a it's doctor like tried other, to medicate me once. But the thing is, other people have different experiences. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are on medication for stuff, and I know that it helps some people, but my personal experience was that, and again, maybe it wasn't the right dosage or the right, but like, it, I didn't like, yeah. I, I just felt like I wasn't me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm anti-pharma. Uh, not in all cases, because I recognize that, like, in certain cases of, like, uh, like epilepsy or um, schizophrenia, there are some extreme situations in which uh, safe and controlled medication is what makes people allowed to live uh, comfortably in their own skin. But I do believe m- more so that pharma is mostly wrong. And that they are medicating. I was rushed out of the door with a prescription for an Mm. antidepressant. I went to a doctor. I told him I was feeling depressed. He didn't even... It wasn't a, hey, we're going to put you in therapy and then we're going to see. It wasn't a last resort. This man wasn't a therapist. Mm -hmm. This man wrote me a script in five minutes and said, get the hell out of here. And so I think that it's this idea. I mean, also, no effects. My favorite band is incredibly anti-pharma. They're all, you know... Alcoholics and at this point probably pill addicts, but <laughs> they um, the anti-pharma pill addicts. Yeah. But there's a song called "Getting High on the Down Low," and I think that that's exactly what it is. Is this idea that like marijuana or you know controlled use of alcohol or any of like the you know psychedelic drugs are these things that you can be imprisoned for, whereas there are these other drugs that are causing these mind-altering effects that are, in some cases, incredibly befuddling, in some, in some situations make it that people cannot, uh, like, sexually reproduce or uh, lose, get a lethargicness where they become all of a sudden obese and overweight. It's like, it has, it's such... It has such a stranglehold, I feel like. Not to get soapboxy for a minute, but I do believe that pharma is too casually 
an industry that is hurting more people than it's helping. I yeah, I definitely I think it's one of those things where it is possible to be on the wrong medication. I think it is more of like a therapy plus, and I think there needs to be a better um, understanding of it. Like as with any medicine, like I've dude, I've gone to doctors and been like, hey, I don't know what's wrong with me. I think it's like allergies or something, and I've been prescribed antibiotics for no apparent reason. And then I've gone to another doctor and be like, why are you on on antibiotics? Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of doctors that just prescribe you medications that you're not supposed to be on. I think yeah. that's the case with not just um, like mental illness things, but also just, like, physical yeah. illnesses. Like, I think that's just that's just a mistake that can happen. Like, Accutane? Not hate, I'm not hating on doctors. Doctors are great. Doctors are but great, but they're You human. are one, Holland. I am a doctor. Doctors no, are great, but don't. they are human. But they are human, and they are given a certain amount of uh, necessity to their industry. And it's like, and there is a grimness when it comes to the stranglehold that big pharma. And I mean, it's like that was Obama's main legacy was even challenging the healthcare system, and he barely even cracked a dent in it. It was like Obama going against the healthcare system is, oh, I won't compare this yet because we're not in Angel Season 5, but it reminds me of something that happened in Angel Season 5. Um, anyway. This is like a whole I rant. Think, I think that. Feel free animal, to skip this part. Animal I'm not health. Listen to it. Animal health is achievable, and it was achievable for hundreds of years, uh, thousands of years before there was this ability to unnaturally manipulate the chemicals within our own brains. And so, just be careful. But also, medicine is important for some things. There are very yes. serious medical conditions it's a that you need medicine issue. for. Uh, Sorry, was that too soapboxy? A little I bit? just, I, don't think I, just I feel like we shouldn't be like we're anti-medicine because medicine is important. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna put a bunch of disclaimers, at the end, just... which I probably still will. Uh, Anti-pharma so. rant, <laughs> but I will. I want to find out something is... interesting, uh, which is okay. Uh, think about how how long we have been investigating human biology. I'm talking like Aristotle, ancient Egypt, like oh, okay. going back and back. Right. Like the mummification days. Back, well, just like the idea of like exploring the body, right? Like even like Da Vinci was like checking out like anatomy yeah. and stuff. Right. So that's, that's how far back biology has gone. And this is as far as we are now with biology, uh, which is very, I mean, I'm very grateful for all yeah. the science work, but like this I mean, is as, yeah. as far as we have gotten, right, with all that time. Yeah. Psychology is such a baby science and such a new science. It's crazy to think that looking back, we could say that we were in the mid well, we won't because we won't be around, unfortunately, unless we Futurama head in jars, but that we are in almost like a medieval period of... Uh, or like maybe a stone age period of psychology. But also think about how they treated people with mental illness, not even like 50 years ago with like electroshock therapy and all that stuff. Like looking back 50 years from now and being like, Oh, all the stuff that we thought we knew when we did it's, I'm not, this is not accusatory or I'm not trying to get to any point of like psychologies. I, I really like psychology. Uh, but it's, I'm, my mom it's very is exciting. like, my mom's a social worker. She has her master's in like psych. So this and is, your mom and I are really good friends. Yeah, best friends. Yeah, we hang out in Trenton a lot, right? The capital of New Jersey. Uh, That's the capital of New Jersey. Why are you yeah, acting like it's it, not? Trenton yeah, is definitely just, the capital of New Jersey. My mom doesn't Jersey. hang out in Trenton. <laughs> but it's really cool that like we are in su- in like this like birthing period of such a young science um, versus something like biology. It's pretty crazy to think that hundreds of years they'll look back and be like, "Well, this is what we thought about depression. We were totally wrong." Mm-hmm. Which is nuts, uh, but I do want to put the, the eventual disclaimers to cap the whole thing. Which is, uh, yeah, uh, there are lots of the, 
it, we're able to we're checking our privileges <laughs> currently there's several people who uh might have had happiness uh taken away from them from different forms of abuse and stuff like that we completely acknowledge that we also acknowledge that people might need medication too for various reasons that we might not understand we just want to put that all up at the end there to <laughs> to address all those but it is a thing where i anyone okay. who anyone who chooses to assume that they know everything about someone else, like the conversation between Jonathan and Buffy. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think it goes both ways with them. Um, Buffy is not completely perfect in that situation either, because she really doesn't know Jonathan's whole case. But also, Jonathan doesn't know anything about Buffy no. as much as we do. And what do you think about Buffy's response to Giles? Where it's like Jonathan is clearly like uncomfortable about how people mock him for his height. Yeah. And then in the final scene, even after all of this, he's she's like, he's kind of getting that look like he's going to ask me to prom. And he's like, well, maybe you should. He's like, oh, are you kidding? He's three feet tall. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, what do you think What do you think in the writing of that 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 kind of indicates? Like, That's a really good question. Is it just sort of, because I do feel like it's a big enough moment that it's something. It's almost like it's still the teen's nature to be, it's almost like the environment that created Jonathan to be, uh, I, I mean, it means that you can be nice to someone, but not feel obliged to date them. Oh, no, no, that's not it. the date, not the dating element. Yeah, the, not the not the like don't want to go to prom with him. The mention of his height to me that's the. I because it's not like oh no, Giles, I don't want to do that. It's Ugh, are you kidding? He's three feet tall. That's all I'm saying. Not the not wanting to go to prom with him. You see what I mean? It's I like still a, side with Holland. I kind of see. I how. think it. I don't know. <laughs> like I didn't see it as anything more than like. She's there for this person who needs someone to be there for them, but also don't take it too far. Like, it's not. Don't I make don't it know. a pity I parade. Didn't, yeah, I didn't see it as some sort of like. I mean, it's not the nicest thing to say, but at the same time, it felt more like a. Yeah, I'm going to be there for him, but I'm not going to like do that. Like, that's not what I want to do. Like. Right. I didn't in any way intend to indicate that I thought that she should. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is just like very. Your fandom's problematic. What are we doing, guys? But do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. No, we uh, yeah, to, yeah. We can cut that out. No, no, no. We, we should no, just no, cut no, the whole last in. 20 minutes out. No, it's day. This is it. We're talking about, we're not editing live, guys. We're not going to edit this podcast. And I am not going to edit this podcast. I'm telling you, I'm not going to edit this podcast. <laughs> Maybe it's a I'll lot of work. Again. <laughs> it's a lot of work for Omar to edit this podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Because I feel like it is a difficult, I, it's a very complex issue. And I think it's very interesting where... How do you, I think community does it very well, sometimes too well, and it loops back to being uncomfortable, which is funny, because then they do it badly, but where, like, lots of shows will just erase race, and community doesn't, and Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, if you have a bunch of, if you have a bunch of diverse people around, uh, not acknowledging that they're diverse is weird, so don't do that. And if you acknowledge that you're diverse, and you bring it up, and you bring out that everyone has different, like, cultural viewpoints... It's gonna get awkward, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's it. I'm done with the podcast. <laughs> I and the Omar Any last notes? Home? Oh, I did want to bring up. So when Buffy can read everyone's mind, it's perfect proof that Cordelia just says the first thing that comes to her mind. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was the funniest. That thing. is great. Like Cordelia would think something and then immediately say it, and she was the only person mm-hmm. that that happened to. Everyone else would like think something different. 
or think yeah. something but not say it. But Cordelia would think something and then just say it. And I was like, that's that's so great because that's so Cordelia. Mm-hmm. We have to find a Buffy fan who's also a big philosophy nut. I would love for them to come on and chat about the philosophy of Cordelia. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot and not going Alex on Shannon. But he will come on the podcast. <laughs> and he probably will talk about the philosophy of Cordelia. Yeah. But no, that would be awesome. A point, a point counterpoint. I don't think he's into <laughs> philosophy. Alex he Shannon? might not be. Alex Shannon, are you into philosophy? You can text me right when you hear this. Alex Shannon, let us know. You into philosophy? He thought it was funny that we mentioned him. Yeah. It's great. Um, Yeah, no, that's great. What do you think? And then the Oz part, it's like that's one of the classic Oz. I am my own thoughts, and if they're in her, I cease to exist. Yeah. We are all, Buffy is all of us. Yeah. I love that. It's great. I don't think you need to crack into the philosophy of Oz (laughs) because he's already doing it for us, and (laughs) I appreciate that. So thank you, Oz. I remember the first time I, like, heard that whole scene as a kid. That was one of my favorite scenes ever. Did it blow your mind? It did. Mm-hmm. But just even Oz's thoughts on that. I was yeah. like, jeez. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, what was I? Oh, yeah. My, the thing I wanted to mention before the bell gets rung uh, is that this is a great X-Men episode. This is how I think X-Men's story should happen. Oh. And this is one of those things where, if you don't mind me hopping on a soap, on the soapbox hop, for a hot second. Hop. I'm, this has nothing yeah. to do with medicine. This is just my Hollywood rant. Yeah, mine's covered in soap. How many people saw... This is Fox we're talking about. How many people saw this episode and watched Buffy and weren't like Jane Espenson should just give her free reign on an X-Men movie? Like, we keep making not great X-Men movies. And this is one of those things that, like, when people talk about good movies are hard to make, it's like, yeah, that's I I totally agree, and I understand there's, like, a big system that you have to go through all this stuff, but it's so aggravating because I think good movies are not hard to make. That's the... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to make a... It's hard to get a good movie made, but I don't think it's hard to make a good movie. (laughs) It's It's harder to get it made than it is to make it? That's what you're saying? I would say... I would say so because they keep getting people who are not at... Like, are not perfect for it and keep giving them stabs when people who are perfect for it, like uh, Jane Espenson, who's my favorite TV writer, Mm -hmm. doesn't, they're not just like chasing her down and just being like, please do this. I think there are TV producers who are smart about it. Jane Espenson wrote for Battlestar Galactica, uh, um, Game of Thrones, Once Upon a Time. So there are people who are chasing, who recognize good work. Gilmore Girls, yeah. Um, there are people who recognize good work. It's just nutty to me that like the people in charge of X-Men aren't those people. And it's just like, why? Why are they the ones that... Because <laughs> I love the X-Men, and this is such a good mutant story. Like, of someone with a mutant power who can like hear thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a gift and a curse sort of thing. It's great. Anyway, that's my great. rant. I loved it. Thanks. Holland, do you want to go on a rant before we end? I kind of... I don't know. I kind of went on. Which one was yours? Small rant. I, it's just, I don't need to go on another rant. Just imagine I, I that, she, rant, imagine that she was on a soapbox. No, I did. I already went on kind of a rant. It was a very apologetic rant because that's how I rant. Um, okay. But I went on a rant. So we you all soapbox. Yeah. You know what's another really big takeaway from this episode? I mean, we talked about it a lot, but I'm just going to say it in the words of um, uh, this famous, uh, the famous historian who wrote the uh, Americans, uh, the People's History of the United States of America. Uh, Zinn, Howard Zinn, Zinn yeah. uh, which is that uh, victimization begets victimization, mm-hmm. um, and victims also victims often turn into victimizers, 
And that idea of just, I like this whole concept of checking privilege because oftentimes it happens where, and it's, it's a twisty story because Jonathan turned, you find out that he was, it was going to be self uh, inflicted violence, which is really sad and heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But that whole conversation is that sort of thing of just like, I feel like I'm being, I, I, I am being beaten up. I might beat up others. But that's what makes that twist with Jonathan so great. So this is not a perfect example of that. But with Buffy's speech, it's I think that's the big takeaway is to uh, to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's our bell, uh, which means we get to now switch gears and do something really fun and lighthearted. Great. <laughs> uh, we are going to make something up on the spot called our extracurricular activity. It's going to be inspired by the episode, and we have no idea what it's going to be. So, Holland, what are we doing this week? Okay, uh, so one thing we didn't bring up is that we get confirmation that Giles and Joyce fucked. Yes. So that happened. Twice but, on the hood of a cop car. Twice on the hood of a cop car. Just saying. But we're not going to talk about that because it's kind of weird. Uh, they can have so that. So you just that's, threw that out? No, that's a private that's a moment. But that's I just I just needed okay. to make sure that we <laughs> knew that that happened because it's hilarious. Um, I want to talk about the, what is it, the, the Sunnydale uh, the school newspaper. What's the name of the school uh, newspaper? The Sunnydale Sentinel. The Sunnydale, Sunnydale High Sentinel. Sentinel. Um, yeah. And Freddie, Mr. Like Nihilist, writing all these like yeah articles. I love how like the person who runs the school paper just like has free reign, and no one is like, oh, maybe they should be happier. They're all like this really dark, and it makes sense. And yeah. then like Oz talks about how he skips to the obits, and I'm like, huh, makes sense because everyone dies in that school. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, my favorite headline was apathy on the rise. No, no one, one cares. cares. <laughs> That's like an Onion article. That's yeah. literally been an Onion article. So I'm pretty sure. Died. Um, so yeah, it's basically the onion. what if Freddie started the Onion? What if Freddie started the Onion? Is that our extracurricular? I or are wonder. you just asking out loud? Uh, I was asking it out loud, but that could be an extracurricular. In my head, that's that's headcanon for me now. Okay. That Freddie started the Onion. Okay, gang. Um, bullpen, bullpen riders, gather up, gather up. Uh, Freddie, big man, head honcho, wants us to uh, come up with some headlines for tomorrow's Onion. It's a very funny periodical, but he takes it very seriously, and so should we. I mean, he writes every article himself, and usually just throws out our ideas anyway. So yeah. what, why are we even giving him ideas? We just, we just have to give him a good one. We just we have to finally give him like the right headline that's just going to go, and then we're going to get to write our own articles. And exactly. we got to wait for our big break. Yeah. Something that really knocks out yeah. Freddie's expectations. Hmm. So remember, he's an uber nihilist and loves internal irony. Okay, 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 okay. I mean, the, what I feel like I do is I submit something to him. He then puts, like, a twist on it that makes it his own idea, and he doesn't give me any credit for it. Like that one about the babies on parade. Yeah. It was like, I don't even remember my original idea at the time because he skewed it so much. I think, I don't mean to point fingers, I think that was a totally different story. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh. I don't, uh, I'm not, a, I, I can only sort of read. I can only read half the alphabet. Right. I mean, this is why, we're, this isn't the New Yorker, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We're not even the AV club yet. Uh, how about you are not reading this headline? Hmm. Oh, and then they read it, but as they actually did. And yeah. Is the joke that they only read the headline, though? Oh, wait, because it's what? usually Because usually people only read the headline, and that's what they base their opinion of the article oh. off of is the headline. So is that what the joke is? is what about, like, like uh, flashy headline uh, uh, is all people read instead of article? Eh. Eh. And the article's nothing. It's kind of spot on. It's oh, a little too spot know, on. It's a it's little kind too It's kind of obvious. spot on, but I don't... It could be cool. We could, like, that could be, like... Hit it on like page eight or something. Okay. All right. So it's a page eight. I'm going to put it down mm-hmm. on as a page eight. All right. What about 
demons on the outside also have their own inner demons. Ooh. Maybe less wordy? Maybe less wordy? I mean, the inner is... It, it, it paints a picture. Uh, how about interview with Moloch, a demon with inner demons? Hmm. Too specific. Oh, a demon with inner demons. How about hot dog parade leaves cool cats lukewarm? Is that... Me okay, Does that I'm mean writing anything? it down. I'm writing it down. <laughs> when was there a hot it dog? It might get parade? changed, well, but I'm writing hot, it down. Well, the hot dog safari, which happens all the time in okay. uh, in uh, the Suffolk Downs in Massachusetts. But we're in California. We're in California. Yeah, I know. So out here they so have very, parades. The newspaper is very local to Sunnydale as well. Right, so exactly. Like, so, I mean, there's only so many parades every year. Okay. And so now let's here's think the hot about, dog let's parade. Let's think about our Sunnydale town and everything specific. we know about Sunnydale specifically and see if we could. How about a... Uh, oh, I have a good one. Oh, okay. Cheerleaders or cheer followers? Oh, that's good. It's pretty, it's pretty biting, mm, that's I That's good. Uh, how about in new... Safety regulations, mayor calls Kingman's bluff. Oh, that's good. That's good. How about uh, we can say if we can say the theater's going out of business? Lights out at the sun. No. Oh, what? No, it's almost there. It's is it going good. out of business? No, it's not. We'd oh. have to make that. Up. It's doing very well. <laughs> it's doing very, very well. Okay. Yeah. Why do they call it Restfield Cemetery? Why is that? Because Wake Shrub. Cafeteria was I no 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 no. It's I'm putting down the words. Okay, we can workshop okay, them later. We can you. workshop them later. Yeah, I mean because Wake Shrub Cafeteria, I've heard that they've got good staff. I mean, mm-hmm. way better than the high school, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. There's just a vacuum in the Sunnydale Hybr- Library Library. What Sunnydale Library High School? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Just uh, maybe we should do one about the library though, because you know those no one goes in there except for those like. Those like five kids. Yeah, those kids. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's something about the library. There's probably some sort of secret meeting going on in there. I wouldn't be Ooh. surprised. Kids caught studying in school. That's funny. Ah. That's funny. So we're, that one's going on the good list. Because <laughs> kids hate school. Uh, how about uh, secret society meets in the library? That's all the information we have. <laughs> ah. That's a good one. Uh, and all right, drive us home here, Cheryl. Oh man, let me uh, let me go through my notes. And then after this, could you actually drive us home, Cheryl? Yeah, that would be I great because you're the only sure one with a car. Line. Thank car you. I didn't actually have. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, gosh, how about this paper has a lot of useful information? Don't just skip to the obits, Oz. We're on to you. Oh, making it very direct. I like because it. also that's only important to one person in Sunnydale. Yeah. So the newspaper actually doesn't have a lot of useful information. That's really good. Oh, Cheryl drove it home. Oh, landed the ship. Great. Mm. Okay, so I think our work is pretty much done. I'm gonna go ahead and put this. Uh, I'm just gonna preemptively put it into the bin because I'm sure he'll change it tomorrow morning. Yeah. But good work, guys. We're in the business of staying in business. And that's our bell. <laughs> and that's a direct quote from the founder of Final Draft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when talking about uh, issues with his software and why he charges people so much for it. Thank you so much for joining us on a very vulnerable and open discussion of Earshot. I don't think we've had one of these kind of episodes in a while. It's been a bit. We've opened up this much. It's been a bit. But it's what we come here to do, right? Yeah, it got, got pretty... 
open. Yeah, I like it. That's that's what uh, people come here for. I'm gonna blame um, it on the sweat and how open our pores yeah, are. So are yeah, open pores, open minds. Oh, it is so hot. Uh, but yes, this is our discussion of a very important, wonderful episode. Um, and Chris, where can they find you for more opinions about things? Uh, hi, I'm Chris, and I usually don't share my opinions online that much, except to people I know. But if you want to find other things, you can find me at Amontioc on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can find me with musical improv group Robot Teammate at Robot Teammate on Twitter. We perform on the Geek and Sundry Twitch stream. Our last show on Fridays will be this Friday at 6 p.m., then we switch to Mondays at noon. Uh, and then uh, Hamilton's LA, look us up online. We have things, I think, pretty much almost every month now at the Nerdist School. And then if you want one of the bigger, longer ones, either uh, just kind of keep track of our events. We have one that's sold out on the 24th, and then they're happening all over the country. And if you want to start one, just let us know. And how about you, Holland? Where can people find your full medical history? Yes, uh, my name is Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. Instagram is Farkland. Um, also, yeah, random, I guess, Loot Crate stuff. We just did a, a promo for Loot Crate DX, and if you notice, there was a robot, and guess who was in that robot suit? It was me. Uh, so I awesome. got it was pretty cool. I had a small, a minor uh, panic attack because it was very hot, and that, uh, that helmet, like, mm-hmm. when you put any sort of, like, helmet on, it's, like, all-encompassing, and it, like, it, like, cracks in and like a bunch of people were around me and it was like really hot and I'm very claustrophobic um so it was not ideal but then I got over it um and I did it and I was a robot so nice and I'm Omar you can almost find my half-baked solutions for the world problems on Twitter (laughs) at Omar Najam as well as at Two Broke Geeks uh I also had the pleasure of recently jumping on the Practical Folks Drunk Disney uh live stream and uh, there were a few, uh, there were a few study buddies that were shouting out and celebrating as well in the chat and stuff. So that was pretty great. And that episode should be up, and then we'll tweet it out once it's uh, available for public consumption. You can also find my improv team at Lesson Swimming on Twitter or on Facebook, Swimming Lessons uh, Comedy or Improv. I'm double checked <laughs> really quickly. I haven't. Uh, I bookmarked most of my pages, so <laughs> it's hard for me to memorize stuff. But we perform at the Clubhouse as well as UCB Sunset, so please drop on by, check out our schedule, uh, keep an eye out. We're just running around doing a bunch of improv stuff. And you can, of course, always find everything and anything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, it's at SSG Podcast on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook at Sunnydale Study Group as well as on Instagram at Sunnydale Study Group. We want to say a huge thank you for supporting the podcast, for tuning in, for celebrating Buffy. Please uh, support the entire Buffy community. Not that you're not already doing it, but there's so many great Buffy podcasts out there. Everyone's covering the episodes from different angles with their own personal input. And it's just so great to see uh, people celebrating a show that I feel like it just keeps giving, to mm-hmm. be honest. <laughs> Which is a sign of a great show. Yeah. Yes. We we should, can we just add like one more disclaimer? that like At the end? Should- I don't know. I know we talked about a lot of stuff, and I feel like mental illness and illness in general is a very nebulous concept and different for everyone and as we discussed everyone is going through their own demons and their own evils and everyone has their way of coping and dealing with stuff and what may work for me does not work for you and my opinions or anyone on this podcast opinions may not be your opinions and I know this is a very sensitive topic um so hopefully we didn't say anything that offended anyone and if you have thoughts 
I mean, feel free to talk to me. You can tweet at me. You can email me. There's like a thing on my website where you can just like send me a whole rant about how much you hate me. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, this is like a let's <laughs> have a, a discussion. No, I just I don't know. Like I want to make sure that like anything, nobody like, felt. I don't want to. I'm not out ourselves. to offend anyone. I'm just stating my personal opinions, which like usually makes me kind of uncomfortable. But I said it, um, and people are gonna listen to it. So we'll see. Nice. That it's was a great brave. disclaimer. That yeah. was a great disclaimer. Um, we definitely got several things wrong this episode, or this session. We acknowledge that. And if you didn't stay to listen to the disclaimer that Holland just gave at the end, you're just like Oz, flipping through the pages. And uh, it's something that maybe you should think about. (laughs) All right, we'll be back next week, continuing just cranking through season three. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of great stuff ahead of us, so we look forward to it. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you next week. I'll be talking it about this volume. It's looking good. How about you, Holland? Uh, I'm going to be talking at this volume, and those levels look pretty okay. And I'm going to be talking at this volume, and does that seem like it's good? Those levels look pretty good, Chris. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like, uh, that was like Cordelia season two delivery of that. Was it? Okay, great. Okay, Thanks. great. I have to go somewhere cool now. <laughs> Are you thinking of killing a bunch of people tomorrow? It's for the yearbook. <laughs> 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 That's one of the best. Her investigation. Her CSI, man.